Hello and welcome to another episode of the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Santarelli, and this is a podcast for those of us who are just obsessed with all things diet culture, and we'd like to discuss the details and mention it all. All right, let's get into the episode. So today I'm going to be doing a review of a podcast called Food Therapy Pod by two registered dietitians. I'm going to get into that a little bit later. First, I have a personal update and a bunch of interesting things to talk about, or at least interesting to me and interesting to maybe some of you, maybe some, maybe not all of you (laughs) considering these reviews. So the first thing I wanted to get into is a little segment I'm going to call Love to the Haters. And so when I first started this podcast, and I mentioned this on the last one, but it was it was my subscriber, so I did want to share this with the general public. Um, you know, us podcasters always always ask for reviews, and I want honest reviews. Um, and so, you know, at first I had like all five star reviews, and then I, <laughs> I took a look the other day, and I had like a million really like terrible reviews, like one star. And, you know, when I looked through them, about five of five or six of them were still people that think I'm like copying the maintenance phase logo and the maintenance phase podcast, which, you know, I encourage those people to go back and listen to my episode where I explain where my logo came from and how I'd never heard of the maintenance phase podcast when I created it. Um, and I still do intend to update that that logo. I just haven't had the time yet, and I'm certainly not going to be bullied into it. Uh, but I just think it's it's interesting that people still think that. But hey, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Um, so you know, I'm going to just kind of ignore those ones. You know, some of them were real honest reviews. Like for example, you know, this this listener said too much about her daily routine. Well, I do talk about my daily routine and some people probably aren't interested in that and this podcast is not for them. She said four minutes into the February 23rd EP and it's a string of all the tasks she has to do and why she's not smoking marijuana. Um, question mark. Well, I am smoking marijuana (laughs) on the reg, so I'm not sure what she heard, but, um, maybe just before the episode I hadn't smoked. I don't know. My smoking weed is, or excuse me, I'd like to call it the proper scientific term, cannabis, um, is a nightly thing because it helps me sleep. So uh, let's see. (laughs) This one was particularly interesting. Host has a lot of issues. This reads as a sad attempt to scam listeners into hating themselves as much as the host hates herself. I'd give it zero stars if possible. Well, ouch. (laughs) Well, first of all, I don't hate myself. Um, I actually love myself, uh, and as as all people should love themselves. Um, so, you know, I do feel like I hold myself very accountable for things, and I try to call myself out on certain behaviors that I'd like to change, but that doesn't mean I hate myself. I I truly love myself. So, I don't know. Maybe she only listened to one. Maybe it was my worst personal quality episode. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, another one says, no, thank you. From what I can tell, the host starts the episodes by whining about her personal life and how busy she is, then describes other podcast shows slash celebrity gossip in mind numbing detail with intermittent commentary on her own eating habits, self-reflection, congratulation, uninteresting opinions. Now that actually is very accurate. (laughs) So, um, you know, and I, and again, like I addressed on my last episode, you know, I do talk a, lo- a lot about my personal struggles and, you know, because the last year I was in crisis mode, I did have a lot of negative shit going on. And, but I, I do feel like I'll start talking about really positive things happening as things move forward. And my life takes that upward swing as life always does. Cause life is cyclical, but you know, it just sounds like I'm just not their cup of tea, which is you know, hey, I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Um, this, another maintenance phase one, another maintenance phase, another maintenance phase, another ripoff maintenance phase comment. So, yeah. Okay. But, you know, those ones I read were probably the realest negative ones. 
And of course, you know, you, I think anyone, when they get these negative reviews, there's this fleeting idea of, oh my God, should I just quit? Oh my God, should I change what I'm doing? And I'm, it's like, then I quickly say to myself, no, like, this is what I want to talk about. This is the only thing that will work for me to keep me doing this is because I got to talk about what I'm interested in, what resonates with me authentically, which, which is what I do. So um, but with the knowledge that it's not going to be for everybody. And so while I was thinking that I'm, I was kind of like, should I keep going on, blah, blah, blah. But then I got another subscriber and I'm like, okay, so there's going to be people that absolutely hate me. And then there, you know, a woman wrote in about how she, you know, binged all my episodes and loved hearing my opinions. And then she subscribed and I'm like, okay, like polarizing people, you know, like on the housewives, the, the the people on the housewives that are polarizing where fans either absolutely hate them or absolutely love one love them those are the people that 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 stay so i guess i'm going to take this as a sign that i'm doing something right <laughs> cuz you're either going to love me or you're going to hate me so if any of you out there that are hearing this do like me please go and leave a positive review that uh, i would love that um, but again, you know, for those of you that think I'm ripping off maintenance phase, go listen to my past episode where I talk about where my logo came from. And I talk about how I heard about maintenance phase was from another person, you know, commenting on my page about it. And I was like, what is this podcast? I've never heard of it. And I went and listened to it. And I love it. I mean, that's a great podcast. Like I, I aspire to be as good as, as they are. They're very successful and they have a great podcast. This is very different than that. They don't bitch about their personal lives for, for 20 minutes before they start. They don't talk about the fitness they do. They don't describe in detail all the delicious food they ate, eat. And I love doing that. And that's what's going to be coming up next. So anyway, just wanted to talk about that for a quick second. And so I give love and grace to the haters. Keep your reviews coming. Uh, so... Anyway, so I'm taping this in my Airbnb. I'm actually in the bathroom because I needed a, an, a small enclosed space where I could put some, you know, like lay down some towels and some blankets and create kind of like the sound, sound cushioning that I need so it's not as echoey. So hopefully the sound is okay on this. It might be a little bit off because I'm usually, you know, doing it from a, a much better space like my closet. Um, but this Airbnb is an interesting Airbnb. Um, I, I thought that it had a kitchen, so it doesn't, it has just like a microwave and a little fridge. So I've just been having to like get food and warm it up, which I don't love. So I've had, you know, I've had very little balance since I came down to Massachusetts. Uh, in Maine, I was able to like go for some nature walks and, you know, I was working out a little bit in my bedroom and, you know eating some salads and having some home cooked meals, but now it's just been eating out. I've been eating a lot of junk, you know, it's a lot of processed foods and I don't know, I'm not feeling that great, but I'm just also just kind <clears> of, <throat> I needed comfort food. I needed to kind of get through this week. Uh, so, you know, so it's, it's, I drove down last, what was it? Last Thursday. And I got up like at like three 30 in the morning so I could, you know, have a little bit of time in the morning, coffee time. And I wanted to stop at this bakery called Lil's. Now, my sister had told me about this bakery. It's in Kittery, Maine, which is right on the border of New Hampshire. And I wanted to have, you know, plenty of time to, you know, take some content, take some pictures, really like enjoy the bakery experience because I love a bakery. There's something magical about a nice bakery. I think it stems back from my childhood when my dad used to own a, an Italian restaurant in Augusta, Maine. And right next door, there was this incredible bakery. And one of my earliest childhood memories is seeing these and eating these, these like gingerbread cookies that had this bright, super sugary icing on it. And we, my mom would always treat us to, to that bakery. So uh, so I just love bakeries and this one, I've just been following them on Instagram because they have the most delicious looking stuff. My sister had gone there and said she had a cruffin. Now a cruffin is a mix between a croissant and a muffin similar to like the same idea as a 
cronut, which is, again, like that croissant donut that became popular out of this like famous bakery in New York, which one day I will visit. Uh, and I've had, I've had a cronut, like a knockoff cronut before. And they're so, so, so good. Dunkin' Donuts used to make one for a little while until they discontinued it, but they're so delicious. And so I was, I wanted to try one. And so I was hoping that they had those, you know, they had made those that day. Um, but anyway, so I left, I wanted to leave super early so I could get there and have plenty of time to do that. So I get there and they didn't have the cruffin, but they had this really interesting galet. Now, I was craving something savory. I mean, I'm never really that hungry in the first thing in the morning, so and it was still really early. So, but I wasn't craving anything sweet really. Um, I just, but I did, I did want to get some sweet stuff for later. So, they had this. I mean, everything looked good, and I did post some pictures on my Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. So they had this interesting galet, this French like pastry thing. It's like this flat, like almost like a tart, but it's, they had like this egg on it and it was covered with like red peppers and onions and it just, it looked delicious. So I was like, I'm going to get one of those. And then the crullers they make, they're these donuts, they're these old fashioned crullers and the icing is just, oh, they look so good. And I'm like, okay, I'll take the maple, the maple one and just the classic one. And when I bit into this cruller, OMG, it was the most delicious cruller I've ever had in my life. You know, it was very, I mean, it was fresh, freshly made. And I was there at like 7.30 in the morning. So they had just opened at 7. So everything was super, super, super fresh. And uh, this cruller, it was like, almost like, it was like, almost like custardy and eggy and just very like, it had a nice like crunch on the outside, but then really soft and, and flaky on the inside. Oh, amazing. And then the, the galet that I had was delicious. It was savory. It was flaky. The pastry was perfect. And then there was a little bit of sweetness from the red onion, um, and savoriness from, from some onion. And then I'm sorry, sweetness from the red pepper. And then the savoriness from the onion, it was really delicious. And then the egg on top of it gave it just this richness and a little bit of protein that I wanted. Mm. I, I highly recommend checking this place out if you ever visit Kittery, Maine. I probably will stop there again if I can on my way back up to Maine if I drive up to Maine again. So that was a nice little experience on my way down. So I got down in perfect timing met the construction guy. He did a great job, finished our construction for us. And then there was just a bunch of like junk around, like just stuff I had to get rid of, like just broken wood and trash that the other construction guys had left around. So I took some time to clear that out, cleaned a little, swept some things up. Um, I ended up having to like crawl, like jump over our, no, that was was that, yeah, that was actually, was that the last time I came? Yeah. When I first got here, I had to like climb and jump the fence to unlock it, but it was unlocked this time. So I was able to let this guy in. He did his work. Uh, so, you know, I got a little bit of like movement in that day from, you know, from just clearing everything and cleaning everything. So that was good. And then I went and checked into my Airbnb, which, uh, it was okay. You know, it's, it is what it is. Um, I was a little frustrated because Amazon was having some issues delivering packages, but I think I got that pretty straightened out. So, so yeah, so things are moving along with the business. I'm starting to, you know, knock off all the other things I have to do. Um, and then, so, you know, and I've just been working, I've been trying to get together with some of my friends down here, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of in work mode. I do want to make time for them. I was going to go see my friend, Melissa, but she, um, she got COVID. So that there goes that. And then I'm supposed to maybe see my friend Linnell at some point, who's a subscriber here. So hopefully we can get together maybe Thursday for a fitness class. She has this, like, I guess there's this fitness class here that like they do, they do the workout in infrared saunas. I'm like, um, yes, please. I want to try that. So I'm going to see if it comes up on my class pass. I'm going to try that in a second. So Friday night, I ended up working till about nine or 10 PM. And I was just, you know, I just didn't even feel like doing anything after Saturday. I worked till about six 
and and I wanted to do something. I like wanted to take myself out on a date to like a nice restaurant. And I, I really didn't know where to go. And so I just Googled Italian restaurants near me with a good bar. Like I wanted to sit at the bar because I was alone and I wanted it to be a nice experience. So so I just kind of like Googled what was near me and there happened to be, and I just looked at the different options and I really liked the name of this one. It was called Toscana Forno and it was only a mile away. So it was super convenient. And I just, it had a ton of reviews. So I'm like, then I looked at the menu and the menu looked fabulous. So I was like, okay, let me go here. So I drive myself there and I, I realized when I got there that I'd forgotten my business cards, which, you know, if I'm going to go be a patron at a, a restaurant that's going to be near my business I'm opening, I wanted to get some business cards just in case I made a connection. So you always got to think like that when you're in business. So, so I go back, I just drove back. It was only three minutes away. Grab, grab some business cards, <clears throat> came back. And I, I, it was actually a good thing that I did that. Cause I kind of took my time and cause it, the, the restaurant looked packed. Like I could barely get a, find a parking spot. And so I went back and it was like, or it was like around seven by the time I got there and the bar looked packed too, but I kind of like walked around, walked around, walked around almost to the very end of the other side of the bar. And there was a woman that she's like, oh, are you looking for a seat? And she's like, oh, we're, we're leaving. She points to herself and this guy beside her. And I'm like, but there was like this open spot between this older guy and this younger guy. And I'm like, is this anyone sitting here? And they're like, no. So I'm like, great, let me sit down. So I sit down and I, you know, I always hope that, especially when I'm like hoping to do some networking, I'm like hoping that the people that I'm sitting next to are like cool people that, you know, want to engage and are easy to talk to. And often that doesn't happen. Like I'm often end up sitting next to a couple or sitting next to someone that doesn't really want to talk. Uh, But this time I actually had the very good fortune to be sitting next to this guy that his brother was the bartender. And he was like this like fun, gregarious guy, like just super nice. And he's like, oh my God, have you been here? He's so good. He's like, oh, the phantom. He starts telling me all these things about it. He's like oh, the Phantom Gourmet was just here. And I'm like, what's that? And I guess that's this TV show where they do like food reviews. I think they just go in anonymously, maybe. I don't know. I need to I need to watch the Phantom Gourmet uh, and see what it's all about. Maybe I'll do a review on that next. But um, but anyway, it's, it's and I did follow them on Instagram. It's, I mean, they have like 187,000 followers, so it must be a really popular show. But anyway, I guess they had just been here. And, and apparently the restaurant had just opened. Like it would just opened like a couple months ago. And I'm like, really? I'm like, oh, wow. And they're because I, I didn't want to end up at a, at a chain restaurant. You know, I, and I was Googling it. I'm like, this is a chain restaurant. And I couldn't, I could only find that they had like one or two other locations. And I didn't see any others that were popping up across the nation. And their website didn't say that they were multi-state. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's just like, you know, a, a, a local restaurant where they have just a couple locations. And so, and the ambiance was beautiful. Like the bar was awesome. It's it's like what you want out of a good bar. You know, that was, it was like an L-shaped. It was huge. So it could fit tons of people. And, you know, there was like three bartenders and, um, and just, it's a beautiful ambiance. And so, so yeah, so I just, I, I randomly went in there. So it turns out it's a family owned restaurant. They're from Italy. They're an Italian family. Maybe they're, maybe they're, I don't know if they were actually born in Italy, but they're an Italian family. And the, the guy was telling me this guy, Ronnie. Now, again, his name's Ronnie. My family used to call me Ronnie. I'm like, this is very fortuitous. And so he was like, oh, the, the pizza oven was built in Italy. And he's like telling me all these facts about this like authentic Italian restaurant. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I'm so lucky I chose this place. And so he's like, so then he starts like giving me food recommendations, which I love. I'm like, I love a good food recommendation. And he's, he's like, oh my God, you have to try. And he's drinking an espresso martini. And I'm like, I love a good espresso martini. But I also wanted to try a different kind of cocktail because I wanted something interesting and different because I have espresso martinis all the time. And he's like, um, he's like, have you tried the pistachio martini? And I'm like, no, I'm like, but I don't see it on the menu. He's like, it's not. He goes, but my brother will make it for you. And I'm like, sweet. Like that sounds delicious. I love pistachios. I love a martini. Bring it on. So his brother comes over. And again, I, I put a little reel together on my Instagram at the diet says podcast, go follow me. 
And he he makes this delicious, creamy, decadent, sweet, mm, tasty pistachio martini. And so, and I, I'm a girl that I've ordered ice cream before my meal before. I love a, a sweet, salty, sweet situation. And so that was a nice precursor to my meal. So I, I sipped, sipped on that. And then I wanted to try a couple appetizers. I was, so they had, I mean, when I looked at the menu online, I'm like, oh, wow, they have a lot of things that I would potentially order, which again, doesn't always happen to me. I'm very, you know, I'm very particular. I want to like, you know, I want a delicious meal that I like. So, I mean, they had veal, pica- uh, veal milanese, which mm, I love a milanese. Uh, <clears throat> so I was thinking about that. They had a bunch of delicious looking pasta dishes. The appetizers looked really good. So I ended up ordering the arancini. And for those of you that don't know what arancini is, it's like a, a fried rice ball, basically, and it has cheese in it. And then, and usually it's served with a red sauce, but this one came with like this, almost like a thousand island dressing type of thing, you know, like the, it looked like it was like mayonnaise and ketchup, basically. I'm sure it had other things in it, but I don't, I don't like creamy, creamy sauces. And so it didn't even come with red sauce. It just had this creamy sauce like underneath each one and then a little dollop on the top. So, and some people would like that. I personally Again, I don't like mayonnaise, so that didn't. So, but the but I asked for a side of uh, marinara sauce, and they brought that. And the marinara sauce is good, so I did dip. You know, I had that, and I have the rest that I'm going to eat today. So I did scrape off that creamy sauce, but again, some of you may like that. And then I ordered these fillet skewers that were marinated. <clears throat> did I say that? And grilled, and. So these came because I was craving red meat. I don't know why I've been craving red meat lately. And, um, and oh my God, these. Now, I always order a filet because I don't like fat. Like, and I know that some of you out there may love fat, like steak fat, because it, that's where people say all the flavor comes from. I don't, the problem with that, I don't, I don't like to chew into fat. Like I like a steak that feels like I'm just eating, you know, no gristle, no fat. <clears throat> and this one wasn't as lean as I'd hoped it would be, but the flavors were incredible. So I did really enjoy it. And the sauce that it came with, it had this like schmear. At first I thought it was similar to what was on top of the arancinis. And I'm like, oh no, not more creamy sauce. But actually when I, when I dipped the steak in it, cause I'm like, I always want to try something first, how the chef prepares it to see like, how do they want us to eat it? And you know, I, I like to just try it that way because, <clears throat> you know, the chef obviously knows what they're doing. And so I dipped it in this whatever schmear of the sauce. It looked creamy, but turns out it's more of like a mustard. And it tasted just like this steak marinade that my dad used to use when he would grill steaks. And it was, it just took me back to my childhood and it was so tasty and so delicious. So that was a nice experience. And then I was craving a glass of wine and I wanted some pasta. So I'm looking at the different pasta and I came close. Like I asked for a recommendation. So I ended up getting a glass of Pinot Noir that was really good. And I ended up, so I was looking at the uh, ravioli with short rib and I was, and I had asked the, 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 the bartender for some recommendations and the bartender gave me a recommendation of the chicken parm and the bolognese. Now I'm not a huge chicken parm person and I'm not a huge bolognese person. I don't know why just those two things don't, they're not my top. It's not that I don't like them. They're fine. It's just that they're not going to be what I choose to order. So I'm like, okay, well, thank you for the recommendations, but I'm going to try something else. Ronnie beside me that was giving me recommendations was telling me that he's like, well, you just had steak. You shouldn't order more short rib. And I'm like, okay, that's a good point. So I ended up going with the Cacio Pepe. Now, I I know I've had this before. I don't know that I've ever ordered it as a main course, but Taylor Strecker gets it all the time. She's like literally obsessed with this type of pasta. And so I was like, okay, I need to try this. So I ordered it and it was delicious. It's very simple. It's like Parmesan Reggiano, 
black cracked pepper, and that's basically it, and spaghetti. And it, it honestly, again, took me back to my childhood, and it just tasted like pasta I've made when I don't have a salt. Like, I used to just make pasta with butter, cheese, and black pepper and salt on it. And that's what it tasted like. (laughs) It it just tasted like what, you know, my Nana used to make for just a very simple dish. And she didn't call it cacio pepe. Um, This this dish had definitely more of the Parmesan Reggiano. Um, But it was, I mean, it tasted delicious. And it was really simple. And I have some left for today. And I can't wait to eat it. So that was really yummy. And I'm glad I ordered that. Kyo Strecker, if you're listening, go ha- go to this restaurant. It's near where your sister lives. So, um, so yeah, so that was really good. And then I didn't order dessert, but they kept recommending the es- that I had to try this espresso martini because it was like the best. And so I'm like, all right, I'll have an espresso martini if you're going to twist my arm. So I ended up finishing off with a with an espresso martini, and it was really good. And then I went home and it was a really, really nice experience. I highly recommend this restaurant. I will definitely go back. But the nice thing is my new friend Ronnie gave me some other suggestions of some other restaurants that I had to try. So I'll probably be trying some of these other restaurants and doing a review on those very soon. Um, Also about to potentially go take a walk around Walden Pond So that famous Thoreau location in Concord, Mass, that's supposed to be really beautiful. And I just need some, I need to get out and enjoy some nature today and get some movement in, get some activity, breathe, you know, just kind of have a nice fresh start to the week starting tomorrow. And I think that nature walk will do just the trick. So I'll be describing that nature walk and I'll be posting some of those pictures um, very soon. So stay tuned for that. All right. Now let's get into the review of Food Therapy Pod. And this is hosted by two registered dietitians. One of them is Brittany Modell. She goes, her handle is No Food Fears on Instagram. I follow her. And then the other lady is another registered dietitian by the name of Lauren. And she's at low and lemons on Instagram. So she's also, you know, they're, they're dietitians that deal with, um, like eating disorders and, you know, healing your relationship with food. So they both have pretty big followings and this looks like a really successful podcast. It's, it's a very good podcast. I I did enjoy listening to it. Uh, and so this one was all about healing relationship with food. And so, you know, so their perspectives, you know, are very different than some of the other perspectives that I share on here. They're very much about helping people get up, you know, people that have really struggled and have had eating disorders, for example, they're, that's what, that's who they're speaking to. That's their core demographic. And so in this episode, they talked about this idea of habituation, which is the diminishing of emotional responses to repeated stimuli. So, and they're talking about using habituation with food uh, and, and how it can be used to make food, you know, more, you know, more accepted in your home. And, you know, it's, it's how, how you can habituate with food. So they become less exciting. And so you're not as likely to like binge on them or overdoing it because you've habituated them. So they give an example of like Thanksgiving dinner and how on the first day of Thanksgiving, you're so excited because you haven't had a meal like this for like a year, basically. And, you know, it's all the, all the mashed potatoes and sweet potatoes and all the delicious fixins that you, you know, are just really like limited and exciting because you just don't have them all together. But then when you're eating leftovers for the next day four, day five, it just, it's not as stimulating because you've had it so often and you're, you're used to it. And it's just, it's not as interesting to you. And so this happens with all foods. And so, you know, her clients who feel out of control around certain foods, like ice cream, for example, what they're trying to teach them is bring it in, you know, and, and whereas before, 
you know, an old habit of their clients might be, you know, to bring in, if they bring in a gallon of ice cream, they binge on it because they haven't had it in their house forever. They eat it in two days and then they feel so guilty about it that they don't end up bringing it back into their home for like another six months. And what she tells her clients that if you can afford it, you know, have that food around all the time so that it becomes less exciting. And then you you don't have that tendency to go overboard. Now, to point this out, I mean, again, this is this is a good thing for people that are, you know, will you know, treat certain foods as scary, don't have a good relationship with food, may have an eating disorder. But this is the opposite advice that, say, a personal trainer would give. Like this guy, I think it's Jordan Syatt, was talking about how, you know, he coaches his clients who are who is who have goals of weight loss and fat loss to, you know, go have what you want to have. Like if you want ice cream, go get an ice cream, but don't bring a gallon of ice cream into your house. Like that's what they're saying. They're like, they're saying don't restrict it, but don't necessarily overload it in your home. So it's, it's just interesting, you know, these different perspectives when you are, but, but, you know, this trainer specifically does, he's, he's, he's trying to teach normalizing eating those foods too He's just saying, like, if you don't want to eat it every day or overdo it, you know, don't always have it around you. And so, again, it's it's just different perspectives on that. I know for me, I often won't do that because, you know, won't have that type of food in the house all the time because, you know, I most likely will have it for dinner. And I know, again, like that's supposed to be the point is if it is around all the time, you will be less likely to do that. But... I don't know. I don't know if I, I think everybody has to do what's right for them, but um, I do understand the demographic that they're speaking to. So this other dietitian that's on there, I can't tell the difference between their voices yet because I don't, haven't, this is the first podcast I've listened to them. So she talked about how her, her trigger kind of food used to be the Pillsbury cookies where they only come out at a certain time of, of holiday and, and, and a very short time. So she would, she used to, you know, when they would come in for the house, she would like eat them all in two days and then, and then, you know, but then she was like over it. She's like, but when I used to just completely restrict myself from those cookies, she's like, I was like obsessed with them. So she's like, giving yourself unconditional permission to eat is what's really important. She said, teaching people with messed up ideas around food that it's okay, you know, have it, have it around. Um, the other dietitian was, was talking about how some people are just afraid to bring those types of foods into the home. Another definition of this habituation is growing accustomed to a situation or stimuli. And the way that relates to food is, you know, getting used to the food, like flavor, for example, sugar, You know, if you don't eat sugar regularly, like if you're completely cutting sugar out of your diet and then you have it, she's like the dopamine spike that you get is so intense because it's, it's new to your body and they have, and your body isn't used to it. So, you know, you're, you're naturally going to become obsessed with something if you restrict it and your body is just not accustomed to it. And that's, the exact opposite of, of creating that habituation. And so one of the other dietitians shared a story. She's like, yeah, she's like in college, she's like, this takes me back. Cause she's like, I eliminated and restricted a lot of foods like sugar. And she's like, I, I, I would go months without sweets. And then, and then I would get to my parents and there was this one time she's like, I specifically remember they were having like this get together or there was something going on where there was like a a room full of desserts. And she said, I had the, one of the biggest binges I can remember ever having. She's like, I ate every single dessert in the room and I was sick for three days. She's like, that's just, you know, what I was driven to because I had been so restrictive with sugar. And she's like, another example that we hear about quite often is, you know, kids that are raised in quote unquote healthy houses that don't have a lot of sweets and junk food around. 
And she's like, and then the kids go to a house that's like stocked to the brim and they end up eating so much they get sick. You know, she used to wonder how friends had that, you know, when she was a kid, she used to wonder how friends had food around all the time. And apparently, you know, this dietitian was raised in one of those homes that did restrict. And she's like, uh, but it's because they had it around all the time. Like for, for those kids, it was nothing special. Like they always had those gummy snacks in the closet. So they didn't, they didn't think, oh, I need to eat that entire box of them because they're going to go away soon and I need to make sure I get them. So that is, I, so I get that. Like I, I've, I've, I've done that. I've certainly done that before. So then she, she made a book recommendation. Now, neither of these uh, women have children yet, but they had read and re- and they're recommending this book, How to Raise an Intuitive Eater. And the, the point of this book, she said, was really to neutralize foods and don't say things to your kids like, you know, you can only have that cupcake if you eat the broccoli. She's like, because then it's putting broccoli on the pedestal instead of the cup, you know, and, and instead of making them just neutral foods. And, and she's like, and, and they, they're sitting there worrying about how they're going to raise kids in the future. Now, again, I, I get that you don't want to demonize food for kids. And again, I'm not a parent and I'm never going to be a parent. So I, again, would, they're, they're like sitting there stressing about how they're going to, you know, how they're going to raise their own children and how it's important not to instill diet culture into the kids. Now, with that said, I think when you're eating broccoli as part of your meal and you're just teaching your kid like to eat nutritious foods, I think that's where kids do pick up those, those good habits. I mean, I, I, I definitely agree that children should not be restricted from all sugar and all processed foods. Um, but I, I also think that you know, kids should be raised to teach, you know, to eat nutritious foods, to eat nutrient dense foods, to eat whole foods. And if that's missing, I mean, those are the kids. Like if you don't raise your kids to drink water, you know, you're not, those kids are not going to want to drink water later in life. They're, you know, if, if you raise your kids on soda, they're going to want to just drink soda later. And that's just what happens. Like it, you, you kind of are a lot of times the product of how you're raised. And, you know, so again, I, parenting seems very like a very difficult job so i give parents credit you know for for doing that hard job and you know if anybody has any of this to share with their own child rearing i'd love to hear your opinions on this but um but i agree with them that demonizing foods is definitely not the answer uh so she then went on to say, if someone is asking, you know, how do I habituate to certain foods if I'm terrified of bringing the food in? And she said, the answer is you may need to be uncomfortable in it and just go through that. She's like, then choose a food that you choose one food that you restrict and, and, and that you don't normally allow in the house. And, you know, that's that's where to start. Just start with that one food and bring it in. Start with the less scary food. And she's like, you know, when I'm a mom, I'm going to be the, the I, I, I used to want to be that healthy mom. She's like, and now I want to be the mom who has the yummy stuff in the house where all the neighborhood kids want to come over. And and the other dietitian started thinking, oh, that's that's where she said, you know, start with one food. Um, make a list of all your fear foods and then work down that list. Um, you know, clients with cookies. Oh, she then she gave an example of she had this client who, you know, Oreos was like her trigger food. And she, you know, she was someone who used to probably eat the entire package of Oreos in one day if she brought it in. Well, this client practiced this habituation method and she got to the point where she would bring cookies, those Oreos in, and they would end up going stale because she just, she had habituated to them. So I think that that's a really good success story. Um, that, that same thing I would say it with uh, Sammy from Diet Starts Tomorrow. She did the same thing with cake. She like obsessed over cake and she like made her, she like allowed herself to eat it to the point where she, she became less special to her. So I, I totally get how this technique can work. Um, and so, 
She's like, the big thing to remember is you're not going to be perfect and that's okay. Like get rid of this idea that you have to be, have this perfect way of living. It's never going to happen. Um, you know, start with the less scary food and then go up from there. And, you know, they were talking about how they hate seeing people tie packaged foods to diseases and, and constantly talking about how we should restrict those, those packaged foods. Um, she's like, this is like this, these types of foods are our reality. Um, you know, we can't compare, you know, she's like, I hate people that, you know, on TikTok, for example, who are like, see all these seven processed foods that we have now and these seven diseases we didn't have in the past. Well, we didn't have these foods in the past and we didn't have these diseases in the past. And she's like, you know, stop talking about the way things were like thing. This is how we, things are now. We need to accept our current reality and that these processed foods are going to be part of them. And so, um, so, so then the other one agreed with that. She's like, COVID didn't start because of the way we eat. She's like, it, it all started with this idea that sugar feeds cancer. And she talked about this book, food isn't medicine and there's this doctor in the UK that's like debunking everything. And so I actually went and listened to this because I've always said like, let food be thy medicine. Because I I do think that there's a lot of healing that can be done through just diet and exercise, you know, proper nutrition. Um, but what this, and so I was curious, like, what is this doctor saying food can't be medicine? And so I just went and listened to like the little like summation that they give on Audible and his, it seemed like, and again, I only heard a snippet, so I, I, I would need to read this entire book and maybe I will, maybe I'll get the book, read it and then do a review on it. But it said, stop shaming people for the way they eat and blaming them for the diseases that they have as if the way they eat caused that disease. You know, most people, their diseases are caused by other things that are not in their control. And that, you know, today's society makes you think you can control all disease with the way you're eating. Um, and how, you know, a lot of doctors should stop imposing their own beliefs about nutrition on their clients. And he talked about how there are these doctors that have carnivore in their title and others that are just pushing vegetables. And, you know, neither one is necessarily always going to be right. Um, and so, you know... There's this idea that food is the end-all cure-all. And these dietitians are saying, but Western medicine exists for a reason. And she said she, she had read a book about a girl who quit sugar. And she's like, and she, she, she did it to cure her anxiety. So, so this dietitian was like, oh, maybe I can cure my anxiety by cutting out sugar but, but what ended up happening when this dietitian ended up restricting sugar is she developed an eating disorder. So, you know, I have a lot of thoughts on this because, you know, when I, when I look at like my dad, for example, and this is like the, the example I use all the time and part of the impetus for this, this podcast, I mean, this is a guy that had diabetes, that smoked two packs a day, that only ate fried foods that um, ate tons and tons of sugar and now had three heart attacks, three massive heart attacks, COPD. I mean, all of these things, right? And, you know, when I really think about it, I always kind of attribute a lot of his condition to his eating habits. But the reality is probably the fact that he smoked two packs a day for most of his life is really probably the largest reason that he had those heart attacks and the fact that he barely moved his body. I mean, he didn't get any exercise at all, but I think also the, the way he ate, I mean, it, it was, a, I do think it was a combination of all three, but probably the majority of it was the smoking. I mean, if, if I'm just being super, super honest. So I, I get what this doctor's saying that it, you, you know, because I always think about like my boyfriend, for example, my boyfriend had cancer and he was a stage four cancer survivor. And I worry about, I worry about his nutrition, you know, but the reality is he didn't cause his own cancer. He, he has a family history of that type of cancer. So that's really now, of course, 
I want him to take preventative measures any way he can. And I'm constantly worried about, and I, I don't voice this often, but, or I try not to, but I, you know, there is some anxiety I have about him getting cancer again and the way he eats, but I don't try to police him. I'm like, he's, he's an adult. He's going to make his own choices. Um, and that's all there is to it. And, and so the, my first gut reaction to this was, this is bullshit. Food can be medicine, blah, blah, blah. You know, cause, cause I think, you know, people that through their eating behaviors, for example, developed diabetes, and then they end up eating more nutritionally, more well-balanced, more whole foods and end up, you know, they don't have diabetes anymore. Like there's certain types of diabetes where it is food controlled, diet controlled, and, and you can, you know, regulate your blood sugar through the, through changing your eating behaviors. So, so there is that, right? That's, it's not all false. There is something to be said for how nutrition can prevent certain disease. It's not in all cases, right? Like there are going to be people that are predisposed to certain conditions where they're going to get those conditions no matter what they do. And so, so I, I see both sides of it. I see what they're trying to do. I mean, I, I understand not demonizing and I think for for those people out there who have developed eating disorders because they're so frightened by some of these messages, I get it. It's 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 the extreme that they're raging against. And and I agree with that. But I do believe in balance. I definitely do. So maybe I'll go read that book and and apparently it, there's a lot of peer-reviewed research in it. Um and again, peer-reviewed research. I mean, like when she talked about like Western medicine, of course, there's brilliance in Western medicine. And then there's a lot of like evil, right? With the pharmaceutical companies and, you know, the over-prescribing of drugs. So again, there's, there's the opposite side to that. So I don't know. That's why I'm trying to, I'm trying to give all these opinions and I'm kind of somewhere in the middle of some of these. So Anyway, they ended up continuing to talk about how, like their own, I mean, both of these dietitians have had their own eating disorders. And so they come from a very personal space where they were just engrossed in diet culture for their whole lives and, you know, did some of these things, did these diets, restricted their own foods. And so now they're trying to help normalize for other women and other people just in general. And so, you know, she, one of the other dietitians talked about how, you know, her, her, her restricting sugar is, is actually what gave her panic attacks. Like when she was trying to restrict carbs and be, and, and like diet down, if you will, that was when she actually developed anxiety. So whereas it worked for the girl who wrote this book that was actually called eating yourself calm, she's like, it, it actually, you know, didn't work for me. And that's why I personally think like a personalized approach is really important for all people because there are people that, you know, do well by cutting out a lot of sugar. There are people that do well on a vegetarian diet or a vegan diet. It's, it's just, it's, you really have to, you have to advocate for yourself. You have to be, you really do have to know your own body and, you know, like my friend Linnell, she is someone who has been very focused on eliminating foods that make her sick. She's not feeling well. And she's recognized that alcohol, dairy, and gluten really affect her. So she's been working at cutting those out. Now, I don't have those issues. Like, I was all excited to go out to this Italian restaurant last night. She didn't want to come with me because a lot of foods make her sick. And I feel for those people because luckily my body can handle it just fine. And I love those delicious foods. So, so one of the dietitians was saying that she went to a therapist and she felt like the therapist should have asked her if she's eating enough. Cause when she was going to this therapist, she was suffering from dizziness and she didn't really understand why she was having panic attacks and filled with anxiety and, 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 but she was going to soul cycle all the time and she was doing these things that she thought were healthy but really what she was doing was restricting too much. 
And she was like, this therapist should have asked about that, should have caught on to that. And she didn't see it as a red flag. Um, you know, she should have seen that I was like obsessed with having snacks all the time. And it, it's because I was starving. She should have asked me if I was eating enough. Now, I mean, I, I don't know about that. I mean, that's what dietitians are for, right? But, um, but the, the other dietitian was like, well, that's not to say that that therapist wasn't all caught up in diet culture. The same thing the, the therapist probably thought you were doing the right things. Cause you know, the majority of, of people out there, like, you know, take stock in parts of diet culture. I mean, I personally do a little bit. I mean, there's, there's one foot in one foot out. They're trying to get people completely out of this diet culture box. And again, I, I, again, I, I believe in not demonizing food. I believe in having what you want. I, I, I do believe in this intuitive eating approach and, you know, eating what makes you feel good. I mean, like right now, I have been a little bit out of balance. I've been eating really, really heavy processed carb laden foods, which again, I love carbs. I just haven't had a lot of vegetables. I haven't had a lot of, you know, lean protein. And, you know, I, I just, for me, my body is not feeling that good because I typically have more nutrient dense foods in there. So you know, intuitively, I want to get back to that. So I guess, I guess I am kind of intuitively eating. But again, like I, I don't know, I I definitely also do believe in, you know, maintaining less adipose tissue for overall health. So again, maybe that makes me um, too focused on diet culture, but that's my personal opinion. So anyway, I do recommend this podcast. Um, You know, I think that uh, they're talking about, I mean, they end talking about those two boats, right? The diet culture boat and the intuitive eating boat. And she's like, a lot of people have one foot in one boat and one foot in the other. Again, I, I guess that still is me. And I don't necessarily hate that I'm have a foot in each, but Again, I, I'm still going to continue to listen to all of these opinions, share my analysis with them. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider subscribing to Craving More, which is going to air two times a month. My next episode will be an episode of Craving More. Um, I'm probably going to do, I might get this book in, and read it. Or I might listen to another podcast that I haven't heard before because I did like reviewing a whole new podcast. So, um, yeah, just if you can go and leave a review, I hope it's a good one. But even if it's a bad one, that's okay. But I, if, if you do like this podcast, please go give me five stars because there's a lot of haters out there and they're welcome to hate me. But I would love the people that do like me to go leave a positive review. I'd really, really appreciate that. Please follow me on Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. And until we meet again, I hope all of you have. Very nice.